0: This is Sunrise, the who, what, when, where, why, and WTF of Florida politics. I'm Rick Flagg reporting from Tallahassee, where the latest COVID stats show another surge is underway in the Sunshine State. The Health Department reported a 51% increase in new cases last week compared to the previous week. The Delta variant is now the dominant strain in Florida. Vaccinations are the key to beating the pandemic, and 55% of Floridians are at least partially vaccinated. But you don't hear much about it from the governor anymore. Agriculture Commissioner Nikki Freed, who is running for governor next year, says Ron DeSantis should be doing everything he can to encourage people to get their shots.
1: The only way that we're going to protect ourselves from the Delta variant is by getting vaccinated. And now that the governor's, all his friends and supporters have been, have been vaccinated, he no longer talks about it.
0: During a speech to the Democratic Club of the Villages, Commissioner Freed also accused the governor of trying to rewrite the history of Florida's COVID response to make himself look better. It's back to Zoom for employees at the Miami-Dade Courthouse. In the aftermath of the Champlain Tower condo collapse, engineers recommended emergency repairs at the courthouse. Employees are back to working at home. We'll also have your calendar of political events and the story of a Florida man who walks the beach with a loaded gun on his back, just hoping to be stopped by police. Now the top stories on Sunrise for Monday, July 12th. This is National Eat Your Jello Day, National Pecan Pie Day, and National Simplicity Day. On this date in 1954, President Eisenhower unveiled his plan for an interstate highway system. During World War II, he was so impressed by the Autobahn in Germany that Ike decided we needed the same sort of thing here in the U.S. In 1972, delegates at the Democratic National Convention in Miami nominated George McGovern to run against President Richard Nixon. It did not end well for either one. In 1976, Family Feud debuted on ABC. The original host was Richard Dawson, one of the regulars from Hogan's Heroes. That was back in the day when we made fun of Nazis instead of replicating their tactics. And on this date in 1979, it was disco demolition night at Chicago's Kaminsky Park. Fans went wild destroying disco records on the field. It got so out of control that the White Sox had to forfeit the second game of a doubleheader to the Detroit Tigers. In the aftermath of the deadly condo collapse in Surfside, officials in Miami-Dade are closing the county courthouse for emergency repairs. An engineer's report recommended everything above the 15th floor be closed off to the staff, but county leaders decided all courthouse employees would go back to work from home and court operations will be handled remotely until safety concerns have been addressed. The historic courthouse building first opened in 1928. Let's talk COVID for a bit, and we'll start with something good for a change. More than 9,600,000 Floridians are completely vaccinated against the COVID virus. Another 1.5 million Floridians have had their first shot and are waiting for the second jab. 55% of Floridians are at least partially vaccinated. 47% are fully vaccinated, which is pretty much identical to the national averages. However, the experts say we'll still need 70 to 90% of the total population to be vaccinated to reach herd immunity. The highly transmissible Delta variant of COVID-19 continues to spread across Florida at a rapid pace. It's responsible for almost 50 percent of the new cases being reported here, and the CDC says the rapid rise of Delta threatens the progress the U.S. has made toward ending the pandemic. The Florida Department of Health reported 23,747 new cases of COVID-19 Friday, including almost 6,000 that day alone, and the total number of new cases increased by more than 50 percent compared to the previous week. Our positivity rate went from 5.2 percent to 7.8 percent. The state also reported 172 additional fatalities last week, increasing our official death toll to at least 38,901. That number does not include the 744 non-residents who died in Florida, and the state no longer reports those numbers. They've been cutting off a lot of the information lately, and the health department no longer reports daily case numbers, just weekly counts. Now, there's nothing really new about this because the DeSantis administration has been doing everything it can to present the rosiest picture possible since the beginning of the pandemic. The governor hasn't had much to say about COVID lately, and Agriculture Commissioner Nikki Fried says there's a reason for that. Freed, who is running for governor next year, says DeSantis is trying to rewrite the early history of Florida's response. And she says you need look no further than how they treated Rebecca Jones, the woman who used to run the state's COVID dashboard and was fired after she accused higher ups of ordering her to alter or withhold numbers that did not fit the governor's narrative.
1: What she was able to do is bring to light that the numbers that were coming out of departments of health weren't accurate um and it wasn't just the numbers coming out of department of health we saw numbers coming out of the, the 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 jails out of our uh hospitals the numbers coming out of our different nursing homes and the numbers just weren't adding up and so what it did was it started to expose what else do we not know out there and and so i think that what she did was she started a, a kind of an enlightenment of there's something going on out here, of what is right and what is wrong. You even saw a lot of press starting to have to sue because they weren't getting information from the Department of Health. And I do believe that she was targeted um, on on a lot of different issues here. And and because I I know it from my side. I, I know what the governor tries to do to me on a pretty normal basis. And so I know that she was definitely targeted. Um, again, I, I mean, I do speak to her and to know kind of where things are in, her criminal, in the criminal case and the other cases that are lodged against her, and that's ongoing. Um, but she is running for the congressional district, and um, so we, we shall see. But I definitely think that that was, her involvement was to expose that there were problems happening in the Department of Health not being transparent. And we have that same problem now. It's shut down reporting. And so now we don't even know what's going on, thank God for reporters, because that's the only way that we would even know any information is going on with the Delta variant, and that we are the number one state right now with the Delta variant, that no one wants to talk about, and the only way that we're going to protect ourselves from the Delta variant is by getting vaccinated, and now that the governor's, all his friends and supporters have have been vaccinated, he no longer talks about it. Um, So we need to make sure that we are talking to whatever friends out there that have not been vaccinated and really being encouraged to to
0: do so. Freed was the guest speaker Saturday at a meeting of the Democratic Club of the Villages. That's a conservative bastion in central Florida. She talked about the need to expand Medicaid in Florida to provide better health care coverage and said she wants to shake up the state economy, which depends heavily on minimum wage employees.
1: Our economy is upside down. You You know, the very top corporations who get tax credits every single year, And we have a workforce because of our tourism tourism industry here, which is our our first largest economic driver is tourism. But who works in the tourist industry? Unfortunately, it is minimum wage workers. And so we have an upside down economy here in our state. And so in order for us to be able to bring the better paying jobs into our state, we need to be able to have a robust education system. We need to have a robust infrastructure system. We're the only state of our size that doesn't have mass transit. Um, and we also have to make sure that we have affordable housing. So those are to get better, better jobs into our state. We also, our healthcare, it is a, a tremendous crisis. I mean, talking about the Medicaid expansion. Uh, the fact is we saw it during COVID, how our, our healthcare system collapsed. And you saw really what happened, the disparagement in our healthcare system. That still today, our socially disadvantaged communities are still lagging behind significantly on the vaccines. And you saw that in the migrant immigrant workers in our state. And so we have gotta fix our healthcare system and make sure that it's accessible and affordable for everybody. That this has got to be a right, not a privilege in our state.
0: Fried also told the partisan crowd that since her election to the state cabinet, she's been the only Democrat who has the opportunity to challenge DeSantis when he crosses the line. It's not like she can stop him, but she can at least force the governor to explain himself publicly.
1: And I get to sit one seat away from Ron, <laughs> and I get to hold him accountable to make sure that he is transparent with appointments, transparent in things that we approve. And in fact, just to cut our last cabinet, meeting to show why it's so important that we have Democrats there. We, our Department of Environmental Protection secretary resigned about a month and a half ago. And I, at the cabinet meeting, turned to the governor, and in a very diplomatic way, I said, governor, now that the DEP secretary is open, which is a cabinet appointment, um, and I care a lot about transparency, when are we bringing forth names and resumes? And he turned to me, and I know you've all seen this before from him, and he started to bark and yell (laughs) that this is an executive appointment, and there is a conflict in the Constitution of how this gets appointed between the legislature and the cabinet, and I think the legislature is going to retain power here. And if anybody saw my face (laughs) during that interaction, my mother and father saw it a lot. You can tell my complete disappointment in that answer. And afterwards in the press gavel, the press asked me, what is this all about? And I had printed out the constitution and our statutes, which made it very clear that the DEP secretary has to be appointed by the governor plus three members of the cabinet, which means he's gotta go for me. And so he's not very happy about this. my soapbox on numerous occasions because he was to hold accountable during COVID. He wants to rewrite history. The truth of the matter is this governor panics under pressure and panics during a crisis and didn't know what to do. And that's when our local governments stepped up to the plate to protect the people of their community because he didn't know what to do. In fact, we were the ones who were pushing him to do right. And now he wants to rewrite history, but we are not going to let him do that.
0: Freed is one of nine Democrats who have filed paperwork to run for governor next year. Most are relative unknowns, with the exception of St. Petersburg Congressman and former Governor Charlie Crist. The winner gets a shot at DeSantis. Today is the deadline for Florida candidates and political organizations to tell us how much they've raised and how much they've spent through the end of June as they gear up for the 2022 campaign. Most of the attention will focus on money raised by DeSantis, Freed, and Christ. But millions of dollars in contributions will also be disclosed on everything from constitutional amendment drives to mysterious political committees. The nominating counsel for the 11th Judicial Circuit meets at 7.45 today to interview applicants for two openings on the circuit court and one on the county court in Miami-Dade. The state's Economic Estimating Conference meets at 9 to talk about national economic trends. The chair of the Florida House Republican Campaign Committee, State Representative Paul Renner of Palm Coast, holds an online news conference at 10 to talk about the 2022 election cycle. The U.S. Department of Agriculture holds a conference call at noon to provide the final monthly update about citrus production during the 2020 and 2021 growing season. State Representative Kelly Skidmore of Boca Raton will hold an online discussion about women's health issues at 6. Skidmore is a staunch defender of reproductive rights. And the Florida DOT holds an online meeting at 6 about plans to change a portion of U.S. 19 in Pinellas County from a six-lane divided highway into a six-lane controlled access road. Finally today, a Florida man who believes in open carry of firearms has spent the past three years toting guns on the beach, hoping to get hassled by cops so he can post it on YouTube. Open carry is illegal in Florida, but there are exceptions. State law allows open carry while hunting, camping, or fishing, and while you're going to or from those activities. Well, Michael Taylor uses that exemption to go strolling down the beach with a fishing rod in one hand and a fully loaded pistol version of an AR-15 strapped onto his back. He also has a GoPro camera strapped to his chest to record the reaction of police who don't know about the exemption. He's made hundreds of videos, has been handcuffed dozens of times, but Taylor has never been convicted of anything because it's all perfectly legal. Florida man calls himself the armed fisherman. His latest video from Clearwater Beach got more than 100,000 hits.